Shauna, because I tried to say that last week, because <laughs> I really like to confuse people. <laughs> at, at one point, I was going to tell you um, that we should say, I'm not Shauna, and she'd be like, I'm not Nicole. Welcome to Bloody Babbles Podcast. If you're confused, if for some reason we sound similar, Nicole is the one that tells the stories. I am the one that just is in the peanut gallery. <laughs> Shauna's having quite a day, so I mean, it's just so weird. the universe is being weird. It's affected my baby too, and my other son. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, we're very spiritually inclined. I'd like to say, yeah, universally, and, yeah, yeah, charged, so affected. Just... <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, nothing really new and exciting to like talk, touch base on. I mean. Well, I mean, it wasn't really a true crime case, but did you hear about that Astro World? No. Concert? Really? It's no. like everywhere. Like, people. It was a sold-out concert. I think it was like fifty thousand people, mm-hmm. and like people like got trampled to death. <gasps> Vince was telling me about it, and I had no idea what he was talking about. And then there, people are um, saying like, "Well, Dave Grohl didn't do that shit. Like, he stopped his concert and allowed people to move and and this yeah. stuff." So we got. Gabe Grohl has been trending, according, again, this yeah. is information I received from my husband. Yeah, when, and he, <laughs> my brother's big on Twitter, and he won't listen to this podcast because I'm one of the hosts. He'd listen because Shauna's here, but other than that. I think that's just his excuse. I think if I was the host, and it was just, he and still... And you talked more than I did? I don't... Or I, I just wasn't a part of it? I think he'd have to come up with some other reason to not... You're just the easier excuse. Let's my brother loves me, but he won't say it out loud. That's... Absolute fact. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I named my son after him for a reason. I think it's because they are so similar. And, um, he... He's, but he's definitely... <laughs> he's got the I don't give a fuck down better than I do because I do care more deeply than... I'm trying to be better with that myself. I told yeah. him, sorry, hey, we're going to babble immediately. Mm-hmm. I told him it hit me the other day why we work so well because mm-hmm. we're almost polar opposites. Mm-hmm. He has so much of that. I don't give a fuck. This is what I'm doing. Like yep. it, like it or not. Take it or leave it. Yep. And I have more of the let's be loving, let's be caring, let's try to find the positive. <laughs> yeah. So we have we equal each other out or balance each other out in that. Yellows. And 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 also I'm trying to absorb a healthy amount of his quit giving so much yeah. of your energy and time to things that you don't need to. Right. <laughs> And he, I've seen it, he's truly trying to be more loving and... Oh, and, and well, I mean, even just with the little bits of, like, that you take of him with my boys, mm-hmm. like, because oh. he loves... Well, him just loves babies, in a way, well, but yes. But he has a special connection oh, to my yes. boys. I mean, he loves his all his nieces and, niece and nephews, don't get me wrong, but, mm-hmm. like, there's... There's a weird connection between them. I don't. I can't explain it. It's just something you have to witness, and it's a beautiful thing, and I love it. And he's. That was the other thing him and I were talking. Was like, he's not as much as this asshole front that he has. He's not that to me. 
No, like, not. And, and when he is, it's so few and seldom and far between. And usually, it's more like of a jokey kind right. of, and like, or if there's something else going on and it's being projected, and then yep. we discuss it, blah 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 blah. But yep. yeah, we are polar opposites. That absolutely, we're two, we're truly are each other's yin and yin and yang. I am having a real hard time speaking today, so She's I'm not even having a low. Try to blame it on that. <laughs> try to speak as little as possible. No, with not this not with this case because this is going to be kind of a long one. Hey-o. And it was two different ladies that, of course, Nate suggested to me. Thanks, Nate Dog. Nate Dog. We love you, homeschooler biscuit dog. <laughs> um, if you're new here, because I've realized that not everybody listens from episode one. That is. Um, if you're new here, Nate is one of our Twitter followers, and he's the fucking tits. He gives us so many cases, and they're cases I've never heard of, and they're not necessarily ne- necessary, mm-hmm. necessarily serial killers. There you go. I loved it though. That was really serial. <laughs> but so, if you are new and you have a case that you'd like us to cover, let us know. And how do they do that, Nicole? <laughs> you can message our Instagram, which is Bloody Babbles Podcast. Twitter's at Bloody Babbles. We have a Facebook page that Sean and I are both on, which is our Bloody Babbles Podcast page. Or we have a Gmail. <laughs> tell him, tell him, Apollo. <laughs> I went and changed his diaper, and he just drooled a little bit but whatever we can use this blanket if we absolutely need to okay there's two blankets there what's the email bloody babbles babbles make sure (laughs) no l bloody babbles podcast at (laughs) gmail.com there is one l there's just not that additional there's just (laughs) i'm feeding off this nonsensicalness that sean has got going on i do apologize and And it travels through airwaves i apologize (laughs) if you listen to if you've listened to our podcast and aren't new here we love you and hi. And, um, but sometimes I don't have it together. So, in that sense, oh, 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 oh. Hey-o. Sorry, we almost had an Arlo interlude. Yep. And, and we need- still need Wyoming to become listeners, so. Yeah, I keep checking every day. Sometimes multiple times a day, especially when our numbers go up, like, a little bit. Like, when there's, like, a surge. But, like, our most recent episode hasn't gotten plays on it. And it's hard to keep up with, like, other episodes because I don't understand the tracking exactly on Anchor because that's what we use. But, um, yeah, I... Uh, Wyoming is definitely still not there, so... You know a Wyoming... Wyoming. Li- living person. Wyoming. <laughs> Wyoming. Yeah. Wyoming. A Wyoming. A Wyoming. Somebody Tell me to come here. Who resides in Wyoming. To wow. listen to us. Just one episode. That's it. That's all it takes. Just put it on play and play mini episodes and you don't have to listen if you want to. Just I mean, we'd really love if you we, did. You might laugh. You might cry. You might be scared. Might Especially be, if you listen to episode three. I was just going to say that. I'm like, go check out episode three. It's Shama's favorite and it's a really creepy case. Yes. All right. Um, speaking of cases. Sorry. So, sister. yeah. Nate, um, yeah, this was one of his and I was looking at different ones and this is, this is going to be a longer episode, guys. So, yay. So, unless, and I read really fast sometimes. Um, all my freaking family is having family bingo upstairs right now. But, um, so... This is the case of the Black Widow murders. It's Helen Golay and Olga Rutterschmidt. Mm. Yeah. So, um, Helen Golay, there wasn't, there's a little bit on, like, their background, like, um, of them growing up and whatnot. What the hell? Maybe not. 
Yes, there is. There's a little bit. Sorry, I'm fine. This I made the font really big, so I'm like, maybe that'll help me read better, but that's probably not the case. But we'll start with Helen. She was born in Texas on February 3rd, 1931. Um, her father died in a car accident when she was super young. I'm not sure how old. And she was shipped around to various family members' houses until she ended up in foster care. Um, I put, I'm not sure what happened with her mom. It didn't state much or anything about her. So, um, Helen ended up getting married two different times. I was like, same, but I'm not this level of crazy. <laughs> Despite what people will tell you, it's not true. And she had three kids. Um, and one of her kids, um, comes back around in this story. She ended up in Santa Monica, California in the 1980s and tried her hand at selling real estate. She purchased apartments to rent out and it was hard to make money on rental properties at this time. <laughs> so I put, this bitch just starts creeping on her tenants and starts extorting money, uh, extorting them for money. Oh my gosh. She also made good money by bringing lawsuits, lawsuits against anyone who was unlucky enough to get between her and what she wanted. Some of those schemes being she would charge fines for minor discrepancies and taking borders to court. Um, I said greed is a hell of a drug because yeah. that's what... You're going to be blown away okay. <laughs> with these ladies. Um, I put Helen's literal partner in crime was Olga Rutterschmidt, who was born in Hungary in 1933. Searched everywhere to find her birthday. And one article said that, because um, these ladies are both in jail. Um, yeah, 1933 is when she was born. Okay. But it said that she had just recently celebrated a birthday, and that article was in March. So I... I'm assuming their birthdays were just a month apart, but I don't know. Okay. I like birthdays if, you, if you're new here. <laughs> um, and so she lived throughout World War II in Hungary and then moved to the U.S. with her husband in 1957, and he ended up passing away of natural causes. Um, she Really? Oh, sorry. Sorry. It seems, it feels like that, but no. Um, she claimed she had a mental disability and lived in Section 8 housing in her neighborhood in Hollywood. She was known as being a, quote, nut. Um, overly talkative and a prone to flying off the handle because, you know, she's a witch. Just kidding. That's an insult to witches. Um, yeah. It just made me laugh because of, in the notes. I, I had, I think there was like five different articles I had pulled up when I was re researching this. Anyways. Also, if you're new here, we're both mommies and we have a lot of kids between us. <laughs> More on her end than mine. <laughs> Granted, two of them are in college on her end. <laughs> True. But and I am the baby's... Um, Auntie-dad. Auntie-daddy. Auntie-daddy. I almost was going to call myself an uncle-daddy. Uncle-daddy? Like, that doesn't make any sense. That's what Shelly started calling herself, is uncle-daddy. So I have auntie-daddy and uncle-daddy. Because she she didn't do auntie-daddy. Or daddy-auntie. No, daddy-auntie. Yeah. So I'm like, I kind of like uncle-daddy. I think it's funny. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And he's going to be real confused when he goes to school and be like, my uncle-daddy's picking me up. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. now that that babble is over, you're welcome. Okay, so, um, yeah, so Olga reminds me of, um, like, that it's a one lady in the neighborhood who's probably got, like, 74 cats and, like, just comes out to yell at you if you, like, Fun. breathe at her lawn or something gotcha. like that. So these, ironically enough, these two ladies met, I put these two criminals actually, met at a health club and discovered they both had an interest in making money. Too old to be prostitutes, clearly. <laughs> I like to add those in so I remember and you guys can think I'm funny sometimes. It's fine. Um, together they started coming up with slip and fall type lawsuits against various businesses. Um, they'd go to expensive hotels, posing as guests, and flirt with wealthy men. Clearly, prostitution shouldn't be off the table, my bad. Yes. Um, 
They would string men along, angling for expensive dinners and gifts, and in some cases straight rob these innocent men. Like, just straight up, just money-hungry old ladies. Um, These small con schemes weren't satisfying their greedy itch. The goal was big money, so in 1997, these conniving old fucks started offering (laughs) help to homeless men, specifically men who didn't have any family. We have a reoccurring theme in some of these lady killers. Um, They would offer to put them up in... uh, Sometimes I use their last name... And then sometimes it's Helen. Wait, these are homeless old men? Homeless old men. Um, They'd put them in Helen's apartment she owned, pay their bills, and take care of them. I'm not sure the context, but it's gross regardless. Regardless. Mm -hmm. Fine. Goodness. It is gross, I know. (laughs) In exchange, all all they had to do was sign a few papers and give the women some personal information, like their social security number and birth date, and, you know, just casual things that you get when you move into a place. Blood samples. Blood samples, Mm -hmm. hair follicles, sperm. I don't really know. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of things that weren't really necessary, because you'll see why soon. They did volunteer work at the... um, Another way that they got to meet these people was uh, volunteering at the Hollywood's First Presbyterian Church which assisted homeless people. They were known as sweet and, I think it's gregarious. Okay. Grandmas, who are always um, having kind words and helping hands. What a circus show they put on for these poor people. The, The kind women, as they were said, even volunteered free apartments for men who needed extra care, like we said. So this brings us to when they meet a man named Paul, I think it's Vados, V-A-D-O-S, a 73-year-old man um, who was, well, okay, he was 71 when they met, and he was a Hungarian immigrant. Easy target as he shared that commonality with Olga, because she's from Hungary as well. Um, That, oh, I put that. They met when Paul was 71. Olga was his caregiver with her soft, sweet Hungarian accent and natural charm. Helen rented out the apartments and kept the record books, which included eight different life insurance policies on poor Paul, listing the two women as his beneficiaries. So do you see why they have to sign all the paperwork? I'm just confused if they're homeless. How do they get the money to... Okay, I don't... Okay. No, the men are homeless. I know. Oh. So they... But in order to write up... Okay, just keep going. Maybe I'll get answers. And if don't, then maybe I'll remember to ask my questions. Yes. Okay. Because I think what you're confused about, I think is how can you take life insurance out on someone who doesn't have, like, jobs and, like, sustainability? Right. Yeah, well, okay. we kind of touch base on that, I, okay. I think. Because I, I, when I was doing this, I was like, holy shit, like I said, I had five different articles open on this case because um, it's it's a big one. Okay. Um, so now this brings us to November 8th, 1999, which, um, for you listening, is yesterday. For us, it's tomorrow because today is November 7th. And if you're not confused, well, you're welcome. Yep. So Good no, <laughs> I was just like, oh, wow, this is like recent, yeah. like like literally about to happen. Mm-hmm. For Well, it's not 1999, but it's fine. Okay, November 8th, 1999, a 911 call was placed to LAPD of an apparent hit and run. That's, <laughs> I didn't even think about yeah. it until, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Irrelevant. Um, wow. When they arrived, there was a man lying awkwardly on the pavement, obviously deceased. Uh. He was crushed and sopping wet as it had rained heavily the night he died. He was a tiny man who was missing most of his teeth from living on the streets and alcoholism. Mm-hmm. His injuries sustained indicated he had been laying down when he was run over. Police assumed he was passed out in the road when a car drove over him, which killed him. 
Using fingerprints, the man was identified as Paul Vados. Hmm. I'm going to be sad if it's Vados. I should have listened further. But anyways, um, he had been reported missing previously by his fiance, oh, Helen, and his cousin, Olga. Oh. Interesting. Another article said they were just listed as his next of kin, but regardless, they were liars. Yes. So Helen took possession of Rawl- Rawls. Sorry, Paul's remains from the morgue. Um, prior to that, he did have toxicology tests done, and they showed no evidence of drugs or alcohol, just proving the theory that he had been that he had passed out when he was struck. That he, that he had not been, or was not passed out, or he what? what? That it wasn't um, alcohol or right. drugs that right. that they think he may have been placed there okay. later on okay. is what okay. we're going okay. to okay. find out because leading to believe he may have been placed there. <laughs> oh, well. Literally my lo- next segment. <laughs> this comes up later w- with um, what actually happened prior to his death. A few days later, Olga goes to the police station to get Paul's death certificate. They need that for insurance claims. Mm-hmm. And they ended up receiving $600,000 in life insurance for his death. So that was a lot of money in the 19... Oh, well, I mean, it's a lot of money now, but in 99, yeah, yeah it's a lot more money then. Wow. Well, <laughs> wow. Okay. And they have, have any more residents? Okay. Uh, yep. We'll get there. Um, so they ended... Okay. Uh, unlike most people whose relatives have just died or been killed. She didn't seem upset in any form or fashion. Her matter of fact, all business demeanor was off-putting to the police. That was... What did I just say? I think it was... Oh, Olga. Um, um, So, yeah, her demeanor was off-putting to the police, specifically Detective Lee Willman, who was in charge of Paul's case. He had a very... uh, He had heavy suspicions about the circumstances involving... Uh, Paul's death, but with no witnesses or surveillance videos, there was nothing to go on. It seemed like there was going to go, going to be an unsolved murder, for now. Okay. So during that spoiler. Time, oh. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So this is when um, Helen's um, this okay during that time Helen possibly engaged in another sinister side hustle. Her daughter, I'm gonna guess it's Kessia. That's kind of pretty. K e c i a, um, ended up. So the daughter ended up befriending this 97-year-old man named Fred Downey in Massachusetts and convinced him to move to Santa Monica so her mother could, quote, take care of him. Very quickly, the mother and daughter took title of his house and control of all his financial assets. And take back that your name's pretty. You're just gross. Yeah. Cutting out his rightful heirs, they drained his accounts, borrowed money against the house, and then sold it. While under um, Helen's care, he quickly became emaciated and frail. In November of 2000, he wandered out into traffic and was struck by a car. He lingered for about a month before succumbing to his injuries, and the case was determined to be an accident. So, yeah. So, that was, um, why? 97. Yeah. 97 years old. So, in 2003, um, these two monster fucks, they went back to Hollywood Presbyterian, the church, where they end up finding a man named Kenneth McDavid. Um, like with Vados, they lured him in with promise of freeze housing in exchange for something filling out a few forms. Mm-hmm. So, there's something that'll come up later um, about another almost victim that ends up, like, bringing some stuff to light. So, that was... Okay, so that was in 2003. Um... Okay, so six years from their first, um, well, Paul dying, um, it becomes June 22nd, 2005, a Tuesday, 
as always. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sometimes I want to check and see if these, some of these days are Tuesdays, but I will not. <laughs> um, another 911 call comes in to the LAPD about the victim of a hit and run in a dark alley. I was like, hmm, sound familiar? Mm -hmm. This time, the man has two laminated ID cards in his pocket identifying him as 50-year-old Kenneth McDavid. This is kind of... It's not like a trigger warning, but it's kind of graphic. Um, his chest and skull had been crushed. Highly unusual for a hit-and-run victim. It also has what looked like grease from the undercarriage of a car smeared on his clothes, leading Detective Dennis Kilcoin to believe he had been lying down, perhaps passed out when he was run over. Eerily similar to Paul Vados. Six years, though, in between. So I'm assuming money must have ran out, is what I'm guessing. Right. Um, nearby... It, like if you look at these ladies, like you're gonna, they look like little old biddies that just like go and uh, Olga's a little, she's a little intimidating in her face. But um, anyways, nearby him is um, was a bike with its front tire that had been removed, as it looked as though he had been repairing it. Yet another inconsistency with him being passed out. Mm. Kilcoin wondered why someone would stop here in a dark alley, repair a bike when there was a well-lit street nearby that would be easier to see. Mm -hmm. When the bike was inspected, it was noticed that Kenneth's helmet was placed on top of the tire that had been removed, and the tire itself was full of air and undamaged, leading it to believe there was no reason that someone would just take off a perfectly good tire. And it was just, um, he concluded that it was a staged crime scene and not an accident at all. Um, fortunately, there was CCTV aimed at the alley from a nearby store. Neither the victim nor the perpetrator is caught on camera, but it did provide some clues. Yeah, it did. Um, there you go, Don. Um, it shows right around the time of Kenneth's death, a Ford Taurus or a Mercury Sable station wagon drove into the alley and passed the camera. The brake lights come on and soon the vehicle's lights go dark. They remain dark for about five minutes and then the lights come back and it drives away. Couldn't like see all of a sudden you just see a car. It wasn't like at an angle to where you could see um, the license plate. This is just so weird. <laughs> I didn't even think about it that's until okay. I witnessed a hit and run today. And anyway, so that's why it's just kind of it's kind of ironic. But like it didn't even like click in my brain. Like I literally <laughs> looked this case up today, and now we're talking about and I hit and runs. Yeah, and Vince and I couldn't see the plate. So anyway, we keep this weird, weird. <laughs> alignment of the universe um there were toxicology tests taken on kenneth and it showed high levels of alcohol um i think it's called zolpidem which is a sedative that helps treat insomnia because i didn't know what it was and hydrocodone in his system high levels that would be able to knock him out Ooh. it would have been impossible for him to be riding the bike at the time of the accident and his death um, Kilcoin, the detective, is for sure foul play was involved, so please follow up with Kenneth's last known address. At that apartment, the manager told police that he no longer lived there, um, and he was unable to make his rent, so he ended up homeless, but the manager said he did stay in contact with Kenneth, and he knew an older woman named Helen Golay oh. had offered to take him in. Oh, Helen, huh? Mm -hmm. So, but before he could track Helen down, um, she had already claimed his remains, Kenneth's remains, and requested to have him cremated because that can destroy any evidence of murder implications. Right. Yep, yep, Just yep. don't be suspicious. Mm. Um, his cousin, Olga, came into the police station to pick up his death certificate. Mm. So they have... Oh, thank, that's really smart. Thank you. 
She's totally doing my son's nails right now because he's a little monster. manicure. His nails grow so fast. Um, okay, anyways. In the midst of all this chaos, insurance company, it's the Mutual of New York, and it's literally called Moni, M-O-N-Y. Moni, um, Moni. That's exactly what I thought when I was typing it. <laughs> Love that song. Had opened an investigation into claims made on two of the policies taken out in count out on Kenneth. So that was two. So in one article that I was reading, it stated there were up to 13 policies taken out on him, totaling in $3,700,000. Wow. Yeah. Each policy, the women were listed either as his fiance, a business partner, or his cousin. They were a cousin, right? And yep. Good God. Yep. So 13. So this was just two policies that were taken out through this Moni um, insurance company. The money was eventually collected when Helen wrote a threatening letter to the insurance agency. They buried their beloved Kenneth in an unmarked potter's field. And since the policies were shy of two years old, the um, routine, they, the money, let me just call it that, sorry. Okay. I, that's what I'm sticking with. Opened a routine investigation, basically just confirming that all the information on the policies is correct. Ed Webster, one of the investigators that worked at this company, um, began looking to the policies, which totaled to one million. Immediately found inconsistencies. The beneficiaries, Helen and Olga, described their relationship to Kenneth as business partners. Yet at the police station, they said they were his fiance and cousin. In fact, nearly everything on the policies were false, including where Kenneth lived and worked. And he reached. Um, uh, so Webster reached out to question the women, and they refused to speak to him. Of course so they did. So he was like, mm, no, I don't like this. I'm calling police. Good job, Webster. Mm -hmm. So, in a stroke of luck, <laughs> while Webster and Kilcoin are discussing David's case, um, Wilman, whose desk is just across from Kilcoin's, just happens to overhear them. The details of the case... Kilcoin? Um, Kilcoin? That's the, the, de the detective. Quite an interesting. I've said it several times. I'm doing your son's nails. Okay. I'm sorry. It just it it. I, it yep. <laughs> beep -bitty -bitty, I'm Porky Pig. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Kilcoin just happens to overhear them, or um, Wilman did. He's the other. Oh, I thought he too did. The details of the case: a homeless man found struck by a vehicle in a dark alley rings a bell. Mm -hmm. He goes to his cold case files and finds Vados. The two women who had claimed to be his next of kin, Golay and Rattersmith. They related to everybody. Everybody of this place. Um, the case is now more than just an insurance fraud case. They are now, these two ladies are now suspected of murder. The FBI and the California State Department of Insurance are called in on the case. A little digging reveals that these two women, who are in their 70s, wow. have taken out more than 20 policies on both Vados and McDavid, totaling more than $5 million. Wow. This despite the fact that both men were homeless and unemployed. So that, like, that kind of circles back to what you were like, how can you do that? But because... They were. They got their signatures. Yep. They were able to do this. So white goblins. This is really nice. Investigators discovered that back in '97, um, Helen and oh my god, her we're name, almost done. Um. The, oh my gosh. Yeah. I just totally forgot her name because I have her last name and I like using their Olga. Wow. Olga. I had a friend named Olga, but she was a wonderful human being. Um. So Helen and Olga had they met 
at the the church, as we mentioned before, uh, that offered meals to the homeless, claimed they wanted to help men by giving them a place to stay and covering their bills until they could get on their feet. The pastor, Reverend Charles, I'm going to guess, Sahada, mm-hmm. Sahada, described them as seemingly trustworthy older ladies because, I mean, they don't look... I mean, Olga has kind of an intense look to her, but, like, mm-hmm. they weren't, like... They don't look like they'd be killers. (laughs) Right. Well, that's usually how killers are. Right. (laughs) At another point in time, they um, ended up approaching a man named Jimmy Covington, who was 48, didn't have a place to live and had little to live on. Oh, goodness. How dare you. Um, Olga treated Jimmy to a fast food meal when she asked him to move into one of Helen's apartments. She told him Helen would help him obtain benefits while Olga would cook and care for him. It sounded great and Jimmy moved in, but then the women began making demands. They asked him to sign documents they would not explain. They wanted his social security number and his birth date. Jimmy discovered later at trial that Olga and Helen had completed at least one life insurance policy on him as beneficiaries without his knowledge. Gee, first. So, yeah. Oh, it's okay. So, while their investigation is going on, police put the two under surveillance. To their horror, they see the women are already luring in another victim. They know they have to get these women off the street before they kill again. While they don't have enough evidence to arrest them for murder, they do have an airtight case for multiple accounts of mail fraud. Um, one for each time they sent falsified insurance documents or payments through the mail. So on May 18th, 2006, Tuesday, um, mm-hmm. they are arrested for mail fraud, Helen and Olga. So once the two are in custody, police immediately search their houses. Helen's house, particularly, is a gold mine of evidence. Apparently, she was a ridiculous or meticulous record keeper. Police found documents pertaining to the three men, Vados, Downey, and McDavid, as well as rubber stamps of Vados's and McDavid's um, signatures, which is uh, Paul and Kenneth. They also find large quantities of zolpidem and hydrocodone. Jeez, So, um, but most importantly, they find a stolen driver's license and a sticky note with a partial VIN and license plate number. When they trace the vehicle information, they find out it belongs to... 1999 Mercury Sable station wagon, and it had been purchased in the name on the stolen ID. Mm. So on the night of Kenneth's death, um, why did I just want to say Heather? <laughs> okay, mm. Helen had called AAA to come tow the vehicle where it had broken down not a block away from where Kenneth was found. She told the tow truck driver that she had run over something and that it had broken the fuel line. So that yeah, Helen is the driver. The sable was then towed to Helen's house. Police discovered that it had been abandoned just around the corner from her house, and it was impounded and later sold at an auction. Damn it. I know. Nearly a year had passed since um, Kenneth's murder, but police went to at least, or wanted to at least try to find any remaining evidence. Right. They searched the undercarriage, and to everyone's surprise, find human blood. DNA tests later proved that it was Kenneth's blood. Then a man comes forward with some interesting information. Jimmy Covington saw that story in the paper about the women's arrest and recognized them right away. He went right to police, tells them of his experience with them. He says back in 2001, he had been homeless. Okay, so they, Vados was in 99, so he was only two years later. So he was approached by Rudder Schmidt. Um, Olga, with an offer of a place to stay in exchange for filling out a few forms. However, when she took, when she and Heather 
Oh my God, I said Heather again. It's my coworker's name and I was with her all day. (laughs) Helen began pressuring him for more and more personal details. He got spooked. He handed them back the keys and he left. Thank God. Yeah. Investigators. Always go with your gut, people. Shit, right? (laughs) Discovered that the two had already taken out a life insurance policy on him. So by now, investigators saw the pattern, and despite guffaws and jokes about um, trailing little old ladies, a detective, a detective set up a surveillance team. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, they, I had already mentioned that. So for days, went about their business. Um, surveillance u- seemed useless, and then they spotted Olga in the company of an, a man named Mr. Joseph Gaber, or Gabor, a frail older man. He was a loner with an apartment above the Hungarian Reformed Church. Surveillance camera snapped as she talked to Joseph, papers in her hand pointing to the documents. Then she drove him to a bank. It was the beginning of the scam. When opening a checking account, the unsuspecting men, um, our man would be offered a free $1,000 policy. Soon the policy would increase. In time, it would grow more. While there was not enough evidence for the murder, there was um, enough for mail fraud, and no one wanted to allow the woman to, f- um, you know, fleece another soul. So that was it. Was May two thousand six, and they were arrested separately, um, with Helen protesting loudly. So they end up getting put in. I think I've already said that twice now. It's okay. Say it again. Okay. Times is true. Okay. So they, under questioning, the two ladies exercised their right to be remain silent. So police put the two into an interrogation room together and left them um, to leave them alone. Apparently unaware they were being recorded. How dumb. I'm sorry. Always assume that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Olga, and this said this okay. in several different articles. Okay. He's got his being right here if you need it to like soothe him. <laughs> um, Olga immediately began conspiring with um, Helen. She blamed the situation on Helen by being greedy and by making too many insurances um, through too many policies on just, you know, the very yeah. select few. Did they use, did she use the same company every time? I don't business? think so. Yeah, well, that no. was kind of smarter. Though. Yeah. Because if not, At one like, point, um, Helen even tries to shush her and redirect the conversation towards what their story will be, but Olga can't keep her mouth shut. And it was just, and, and like, it reiterated that in so many different articles about how she's just like, you just couldn't get, you were so greedy and just kept going and getting more and more. Or maybe insurance. she did that on purpose. Maybe yeah. knowing they were yeah. being recorded, she was like, yeah. Hello. So on March 18th, 2008, um, Helen was 77 and uh, Olga was 75. They are tried together for the first degree murders of Vados and McDavid, or uh, Paul and Kenneth, as well as conspiracy to commit first degree murder. There was not enough evidence to charge them with um, Downey's murder, the one, the third one. Um, they both pled not guilty, but their defense strategies are inconsistent, and the tape of them in the interrogation room convinced the jury of their guilt. Good. So that was March I'm glad 18th. they were able to do that, too. Exactly a month later, April 18th, they were both found guilty of conspiracy to um, murder Vados and McDavid and a first-degree murder of Paul Vados. Um, only Helen was convicted of the first-degree murder of Kenneth, they are sentenced to consecutive life terms without the possibility of parole. Okay, so that they were 77, okay, in 2008. So we're 13 years later. So they're like 90 and 87 or 88. Um, they operated much like other senior serial killers, the, uh, the Copelands and Dorothea Puente. So I'm going to have to look those ladies up. They targeted the most vulnerable people in society, which was the homeless, and lured them in with the promise of housing 
that they so desperately needed. Yeah. Now, oh, it says, well, 89 and 87 respectively, they are serving their sentences in Central California Women's Facility in Chowchilla, California. Hmm. So it just... Wow. It just blows me away because they started this so much later in life, but they were just so greedy. Right. Like, like and they were like, I just, it just, that age doesn't, isn't a factor like for being, well, I mean, they were serial killers because they see serials more yeah. than one. Yeah. So there's three. I mean, they were only, well, not both, but they were convicted of three murders. So. And then Helen trying to put it on, like, but Helen, you were still involved. You were just too greedy, but you weren't willing to be like, this is enough. Yeah. Like, so. you can't just sit there and point huh. fingers when you're not huh. innocent. Or, yeah. But, like. But, I mean, like, it would, it's not surprising, like, because there's several cases where if there is... I like how I had way more papers, but it's probably because I just made the font bigger. But, it's I fun. mean, there's a lot of cases where they're... I don't know. Maybe I talk too fast. I don't know. If I talk too fast and I need to slow down, then let me know, guys. Um, but it was just... Because, um, like, all the other cases that I looked up that have covered this were, like, well over an hour. But sometimes I just get too excited and don't give you a chance to respond. But... Um, like I was trying to say, uh, sometimes when there's multiple killers involved, it's just, they tend to just go about and do what they want. <laughs> Sean is like enamored with <laughs> Apollo right now because he's kind of the cutest baby ever. It's 100% facts. He's like, so cute. He's I mean, we're not, I'm not trying to be like incredibly biased because he is my son, but he is just a cute. But he's just super happy too. So that he's makes it even... Happy You just makes it better. Yes, it does. It's just, and it makes it easier when I drop him off because Shauna watches him for me twice a week or, or more, depending on the situation. And he is just so happy whenever he goes over there, and it just makes my heart happy. Yes, yes. Well, okay, so with the greed thing, Vince and I are rewatching. Um, so there's a show called Succession. Uh huh. And um, that's the one he told me to watch, right? Yes. And it's so, on. Who? No. I think it's not. I don't know. I don't remember. We're just watching it. You just talk about it, and I'll okay. see where it's at. So the new se- the I think it's season four that's out right now, and in fact, a new episode came out tonight. But um, so we're backtracking. So we're rewatching the seasons prior. It's a comedy series, yes. Uh, yes. Drum-y? It's it's yes, yeah. It's but comedy. but basically, it's fucking super white, greedy family. It, this this dude came from nothing. This guy Logan. Anyway. And just greed. Just greed, greed, greed. And and not even so much just with this family, which it's very apparent, um, but just the people in general. Whoo. It just it gets sometimes I get too in my head about it when I Yeah. And and I and I have to remind myself these are just characters, Shauna. These aren't <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there are real people. In fact I yeah. There are definitely real people that act like this, but like wow. It is, money truly is the root of all evil. It's just, it's it's so crazy how far people will go to get it, to avoid getting in trouble, to, it, when you have all the money in the world, um, like, it's, it's, it's insane. It's on Hulu Premium and then HBO Max. Okay, that's right, HBO Max. Yes, yep. yes, yes, is what we watch it on. It's really, really great, though. And then Kieran Culkin is just, he's a phenomenal actor. He anyway. was the host of um, Saturday Night Live last night. Oh, really? Well, for us, it's last night. For you, it's a few days ago. But yeah, it I was him and Ed Sheeran. Aw. It was, it was pretty good, actually. I, I really enjoyed it. 
But it just, but it, it's it's this white, super rich family, and uh, it's interesting. It's a really, really great show, and the acting is phenomenal. Like every character is beyond believable. It's, I love that. It's, it's and so I talk about it. We will have conversations. Vince and I last night for hours about. <laughs> no, not last night. That's a lie. He was watching UFC. Um, anyway, when after blah blah blah, it's a really great show. If you guys want to watch a really great show about greed, <laughs> and there's some great comedy. There's some great liners and there one liners and Kieran Culkin is like, he's fucking. He's just a dirty little bird. He's so. <laughs> He's so dirty. I love it's it. so funny. I'm downloading HBO Max right now as we speak. Hey, sponsor us, HBO Max. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm trying to work on some little sponsorship things because, you know, things. I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got. I'm new. The new year is creeping up on us real fucking it's fast. It's going to be here so quick. So yes. quick. I mean, it's November. Like, mm-hmm. that's fucking blowing my brain apart. And um, there's just, there's a lot more I want to start doing and I need to get back into reading. I'm really kind of a peeved. I have a book that I bought <laughs> for a case and now somehow my house has swallowed it and I don't know where it is. And it was one of, it's a case that um, Nate of course suggested to us, but I'm like, I'm trying to get better on like research purposes and I just need, I'm on my phone too much. And if you're um, unfortunately a millennial, <laughs> like I am, a f- the phone has become just a gross thing, and I'm. That's one of my New Year's resolutions. I've really wanted to already start working on is being on my phone less. And I'm. You like, can set timers on your phone. There's little yeah. things you can do. Yeah, and that's uh, that's part of the thing I need to start implementing into my life. And um, so I mean, I know I do a lot of research and I use my phone and stuff for that. Like, but I'm, I I would really like. I love the feeling of reading a book, mm-hmm. and it's. I know there's Kindles and there's apps and there's Audible no, and everything. Yeah, paper and you can feel it and you can smell yeah, it. Yeah, and, and it's just the there's. If I grew up reading books mm-hmm. and I mean I've read a few books online like the Shanda Shara case when I did that I down I bought a book on my phone and used that and that case was a hell of a case. Um, it was three parts if you guys want to go back and listen to it and that was right around right before my house got broken into a year ago, oh, almost gosh. a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there was cars that were. I literally had to stop and pause that episode, um, the third part of it, because there was a car just staring at my house. That's a trauma for another day. But anyways, or um, never again. Or yes. never again. Yeah. We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> it happened on your birthday though, which really sucks. As much as well, I'll never forget it. But hey, we we. I liked when it happened. I didn't like when it happened, but I liked what the advice my brother Phil gave me that we have the angry gnome apparel with. Um, about how just because your stuff, because all of my podcast equipment got taken from my house and I, I know more about it now than I did then. And, um, he's like, you still have to record your next episode. You can't let these people win and come to find out it was just right under my nose and I was just stupid. And I've learned from that stupidity because you can still make mistakes when you're old, even though I'm not that old and Sean will be like, shut the fuck up. I'm older than you, but by a lot. Like, by a lot, a lot, I'm older than It's her. like barely, it's like, 12. almost 20 fucking years. It's like a little over 15. It's fine. It's like 12, 13 years. So, I'm 28, and she's going to be 41 in December. 13 folks. years. It's like 12 and a half years. It's not that much. It's like 82 years, guys. It's 900. It's been 87 years. <laughs> Sorry, that's all I can think of is the Titanic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And I 
I'm not good at math. So anyway, it's a lot though. But still, it just, I, it was a big lesson for me to learn. Yep. And regardless, I got a cute baby. So I'm not really too yep. upset about the choices I've made in life. Yep. And we got really cool microphones. Not that the ones that you had before that were great, but we had some good These ones. These are really nice ones. We just need that thing. Yeah, the little. Hey, and then we apparently sound like we live in a dungeon when we do this. Which do is you weird. guys know how to help us out with that? And Should we, we use, have some tips? Yeah, if, especially if you use, we use Audacity because it's free and that's what we can afford right now since we're not like, you know, rolling in the, 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 the We're podcast rolling in still. children. We're not we're rolling, rolling in poopy in diapers and slobber. And not attitudes. Really. Sorry, oh. that's me. Uh, not just me, really? because of my children. Have you met Arlo? I have met him. Because he's not sassy he's towards little, you, too? He's a little mini Xander, and I apologize. Wow. It's a lot to process. I can't it's wait for my future. <laughs> huh. Explosive, beautiful children. They are gorgeous. They are. Children ever, are we do have some gorgeous kids, and but mine were cuter as babies. <laughs> mine were fucking idiots as babies. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, we're going to start a mommy podcast. I'm just sure of it. Let's talk about mommy things. But anyways. Two moms, one vibe. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Two moms, one vibe. I like that. I like that a lot. Now I'm going to have to look it up. We, <laughs> new podcast coming soon. Um, 2022. No. Um, so sorry. But um, okay, guys. Um, we've babbled a lot. Yep. But I hope you guys... Um, found this case intriguing because I sure did yeah. and it was just like don't trust no crazy old ladies who just want to take you out of off the streets if you're homeless. Don't sign papers that you're not allowed to read everything about. Don't be signing yeah. stuff that you can't read well, the fact that they, through. The one guy they got they already had an, a policy on him and I'm like well what did he because he's just was suspicious. Yeah. So I'm like what did yeah just don't sign anything ever not unless you're like in the presence of an actual lawyer and yeah. make sure they're a lawyer because there's people who pose as fake fucking lawyers and shit well that and just read through it all and if you don't understand the verbiage get a lawyer yeah so on on that or google translate that too (laughs) use the google if you get for a lawyer wow okay avoid the lawyer (laughs) um all right guys um we mentioned our social media in the beginning um anywhere you find bloody babbles podcast um that's our gmail as well if you want to send us a story that you want us to either research or if you have a story yourself, we do do Buddy Babbles installments every once in a blue moon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we love, I love doing those episodes. They're fantastic. Um, and we do like paranormal stories, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll ever really cover a paranormal case because we've pretty much stuck to true crime. Um, we may Unless be, you guys request it. Yeah, we and we weeks. may be doing a little bit of thing with our rabbit holes because I know I really like them. So that might be just... I've, I've got a lot of plans, and I've not told Shauna a single one. So <laughs> there's a lot going. It's the holidays. We might we'll probably get more together. Yeah, come the new year too. But in yeah. the meantime, we're still gonna we're gonna have these up every week. Every on week on Tuesday, and they always launch at 11 a.m. Central Time. Um, that's just how I schedule them. It's just unless I somehow forget. Like it's, I'm not good at it when we record on Mondays because usually I just forget and then I'm like oh shit I need to upload and then sometimes if I have to edit things out like if Arlo comes in or if someone needs to be put on a boob or you know just whatever life brings at us but yeah uh fantasy and world music by the fighters does our intro sound uh go check them out on YouTube their sounds are phenomenal they have all sorts of different like super relaxing sounds um good meditation music that I've noticed um so yeah definitely if you're into that definitely go 
check them out, show them some love, and until next time, Babylon! When was the last time you watched a Disney movie? No. When did you really watch one of their early movies? My name is Jen. I started re-watching every one of the Disney animated feature films recently, and watching them with a modern eye made me say, oof, right in the childhood. Join me every Monday to learn the history behind each of these movies. And then, after I talk about the history and trivia for that movie, I'll summarize and react to my experience watching it as a modern feminist. Every week, you'll learn something, you'll laugh a little, and you'll realize that your Disney steep childhood was rife with hidden sexism, racism, classism, ableism, and more. It really will make you say, oof, right in the childhood. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast, Bloody Babbles, in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Happy listening.